0: Things change from one generation to the next. Attitudes, politics, technology, even lifestyles. But when it comes to business, there's one thing every generation has in common, the pursuit of excellence. Welcome to Generation Excellence, a conversation with next-gen leaders of family businesses who are working to preserve the past and innovate the future. And now, here's the host of Generation Excellence and a third-generation business owner himself, Jamie Michelson. Jimmy. Stanley Chen is the chief executive officer of Telemon, a business started by his parents nearly 40 years ago in Carmel, Indiana. Telemon, which is Greek for support, doesn't just support wireless providers and equipment manufacturers, they are intertwined in the technology we rely on for work, play, and life. Stan, as he prefers to be called, is a student of business and at the same time is a teacher. A teacher of principles that can apply to the life of a generational business in any industry. Please enjoy this episode of Generation Excellence with Stan Chen of Telemon. Well, welcome Stan Chen from Telemon to the Generation Excellence podcast. I appreciate you joining me this afternoon.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me, Jamie.
0: It's it's uh, you know it's fun to do these with with people I know. And with people I really don't know that well and know all of their story. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it strikes me that you're all a business that tries to keep a low profile, <laughs> yet there's stories or articles mostly about all these accolades, awards, recognitions for the business and the people. Is that fair?
1: I, I think that's largely fair. I don't know if we are intentionally trying to keep a low profile. I think by by nature and by personality, uh, we keep a low profile. I think that uh, probably uh, does a disservice to our business, and so we're actually kind of grappling with that and trying to think sure. through how we can do a better job on the branding and the marketing, but also kind of stay true to family values of not trying to be showy and flashy.
0: So let's go back um, nearly 40 years, I guess, right? Yeah. To your your father it's Albert, who's my right. father, a true entrepreneur, Absolutely. and he's in business, and and he. He starts a business. So, what um, you know, and there's the actual stories, and then there's the things that become a little mythology. But, but what <laughs> what what is that founding story of Telemann? And and also, I know that the name has a meaning in in, in a Greek meaning and all that. So, you know, both the the name, the brand, the the business vision, if you will, uh, as you tell it now, representing the future generations.
1: Well, so I'll tell you both the both the myth and the fact. Uh, mm-hmm. are, are that you know, my father was working for a company uh, called GTE, which is now a part of Verizon, mm-hmm. and was in supply chain there, uh, which is really how Telemont got its start, uh, and had been kind of uh, walking up the ladder uh, within the organization, but um, was uh, faced with kind of a, a tough challenge of doing a bunch of layoffs. And so he executed uh, the layoffs as he was asked to do and asked his managers to lay off a couple hundred folks. Mm. And he got a call from somebody who had been with the company for over 20 years and had kids to put through school and said, hey, why? this, this isn't fair, why am I getting laid off? And you know, you're know, you not, and, and others aren't. And I think that struck my father um, in, in a really personal and meaningful way. And so he resigned um, and, and went to start his own business. Um, and so he is very much kind of an entrepreneur and I think would make those kinds of, um, uh, in some sense, maybe knee-jerk reactionary, but it's also a principled decision. Uh, in some sense. And so we went off and started Telemon. I think the part behind the scenes that uh, doesn't get told a lot is that, you know, when he started the business, it was very much from the beginning, a two person business. And that was both him and my mom. Okay. and yep. He was the, you know, the forward facing salesperson. She was the behind the scenes, everything else, everything about delivery, everything about supply chain, everything about customer service, right? that That was all on my mom. She did not have training for that necessarily. She was a musician by By trade, Um, and so uh, you know she she gave up um, the music career to help him start the business, and they were very successful. And he he gets all sorts of accolades as he should, um, and she doesn't get as many accolades, um, but but she should as well. Um, And so that's that's some of the behind the scenes that as a child um, you you get to see and, and experience. Sure,
0: sure. And and then you know now you're one of the largest private companies in your state of Indiana, uh, I think also labeled largest minority owned company in the state. Yep. Was your father's vision for this business? You know, there's the old, you know, be big or be bad or be something, you know, what, what <laughs> was it was it to be thousands of people and global? I mean, you know, do you have that aspiration early on? What what
1: yeah what, I, I, absolutely not, absolutely not. My, yeah. my father's a very simple man and um he he often talks about and i've adopted this saying from him you know uh if people ask him you know how how how's business going Mm -hmm. uh, he'll say we're surviving um and that that was that was kind of enough for him right to to be able to have a business where you could survive where you could make payroll uh that was always kind of good enough for him um but but that also i mean in some sense um uh, that that's also what kind of drove some of the success of the business, right? Is that he wasn't out to try and build something or or do something. It was, hey, uh, I need to take care of my customers' problems, and so let Got me it. take care of that. And if they pay me a fair wage for that, great. That's we're all square. And, and I think people like working with people like that, um, and and that's how he was able to grow the business.
0: And and you all have a thing within your code within your culture called. I believe it's H2S2 is That's right. So, so explain where that like what that means cuz and, yeah. and where that comes from and how it how it guides and drives you all.
1: Yeah, those are our core values for the company. So um two H's and two S's, so that's the H2S2, honesty, harmony, simplicity okay. and stewardship. And um, th- those those have been our core values for a long time now. Uh, and yeah, so do you, do
0: you recall when those were sort of codified in that way?
1: Oh gosh, I mean it was probably in the Mid '90s, mid to late okay. '90s is kind of my recollection. Uh, we actually adjusted one of the S's um, when when I took over. Uh, so stewardship is a relatively new one, uh, but it, but it felt like um, that was appropriate for kind of where we mm-hmm. were as a business. And it you know it's something that we try to drive home, like other companies with their values, uh, with our customers, with our employees. We try to live it out. Um, I I am known for cold calling employees. Uh, to uh, to quiz them on both our vision statement and our values. So we want folks to know it, and and, and we want to live it out, right? It's on our employee surveys. It's on our exit surveys when we lose folks. Um, we we want to see how we're doing, and are we actually living these things out in practice? It's
0: interesting. So for the listeners, we, we meet briefly, Matt, but first got at least introduced to each other at a conference called Transitions, I don't know how many years ago, it seems like eons and minutes at the same yeah, time. Yeah. But I think the theme of that particular one was values-based businesses are valuable businesses. And it was really about the values, and which is a timeless concept. They can't every year spool up a conference about values. <laughs> so They have to have different thematics, but it, you, you, clearly, you clearly live and, and are guided by those. So what is your like, what's your earliest recollection, memory of the business? You talk about your mom and dad, you know, kind of doing it from the the home or the yeah. smallest offices. But yeah. what was your exposure to it?
1: I'll tell you, my earliest memory of the business. So certainly, you know, uh, when when they founded the business, so I was five years old. Okay. Uh, I have one older sister, so she would have been nine years old um, at that point in time. And as you can imagine, we spent a lot of time at the business. Yeah. Um, we heard about it at home, certainly, but also be, because there was a lot of work to be done in the office and actual fulfillment of product, right? So we had a small warehouse and a, you know, a couple offices attached to it. It was on this, you know, little strip uh, section of uh, mixed use real estate, and um, and so you know, the, my parents would go into the office and bring us. Right, because someone needed uh, to look uh, after the kids, and so my earliest memory was of playing with my sister um, in the one meeting room that we had, and sure. we would just find ways to amuse ourselves and entertain ourselves, and um, you know, do all sorts of kind of random games. Um, and and we did that also, you know, lots of weekends and lots of afternoons after school. And
0: and then as you're going on your own educational path from. You know, age five and your sister nine into your teens, your twenties. Were you always going to be in this business? Were you going to do something totally different? And it called you Mag, you know, with some tracking beam, pulled you in. Which, which, which of the paths yeah. did you take?
1: Yeah, Maybe. no, for sure. Actually, for for both my sister and myself, neither of us were initially interested in the business. I think in part because we saw how hard it was, right? <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah. My parents were working really, really long hours. Um, my sister was interested in medicine, uh, through most of her college career. I was interested in law through most of my college career. Um, and at the very end for both of us, um, we, we decided to try out the family business. Um, Mm. and you know, at least in, in my case, I don't know that I can speak to all of my sister's thought process, but, but for me it was, you know what, everyone talks about this. I will go do this for a year or two so that I can cross this off the list and tell people that I tried it. And it wasn't for me because that's, that's what I thought. Um, but, you know, it turns out that it actually was for me. I came back and I, I started to really enjoy it, less so the industry, but, but more so just the, the practice of running a business. The strategy and the finance and the general management skills were fascinating to me. Um, and, you know, you could learn it in one industry like telecommunications. You could learn it in some other industry. That didn't matter to me as much. Um, and so I think that was uh, one of the learnings for me to say, OK, this I could see my future here.
0: And what as you look as you look out into future for this this business as you look at the milestone let's call it you know fifty year milestone is a wonderful one what are you what are you trying to what are you wrestling with what are you trying to survive with through, <laughs> uh, as you as you think uh, as you think out a little bit further
1: well you know it's it's uh, I'll I'll go even nearer term than that. One of the okay. things that we're really excited about here over the next couple of years, we believe, um, is the opportunity to get past the, the billion dollar threshold from a revenue standpoint. Okay. And so that's really exciting for us. I mean, we, we have kind of line of sight to that. We've won some contracts. Um, and so that's been fantastic where we feel like this is a reality in our in our near future. And, and yet with all of that, as exciting as that is, uh, we also recognize that for us, for the family, I mean, revenue is like the eighth most important number that, that we mm-hmm. might look at, right? Um, and so uh, we're, we're trying to find that balance where it's exciting to represent and be a proxy for the the growth and the maturation of the business. And while at the same time, we recognize that, I mean, that's, that's not what it's about. Um, mm-hmm. Far more important than that is the profitability. And frankly, for the Chen family, far more important than the profitability is what we're doing with that and how we can kind of take those dollars um, and um, and invest whether that's in our people, in the community, all of those sorts of things. Um, so it's you know kind of a third order effect here that that sure. we're thinking about. But in terms of milestones, it is you know it, if we can get there, it will be a notable
0: one. Yeah, no, that's no that is notable. And and as you have a business that really is connected to, as you say, enabling technology that's so rooted in people's lives, right? Communication mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. type stuff, GPS, all these 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 things that we we count on and you start to get into whatever's after 5g I don't know there's something right and things with robotics how you know how do you crystal ball that how do you determine which of those things are you know the metaverse that might not be the next hugest thing and AI is it you know is that like how do right. you how do you look at all of those as a family operation?
1: You know, I think we have the luxury of the the way the business is set up. We are first of all in an industry within telecommunications, where at least for the foreseeable future, it doesn't seem like it's slowing down. Uh, okay. People need more and more bandwidth, right? Um, and more and more applications, and and so that's good for us. And in addition to that. As a business, we've generally been provider agnostic, so we work with all sorts of different carriers, like okay. an AT&T or Verizon. We work with all sorts of different OEMs that provide the equipment um, that these networks will run in, so like a, a Cisco or a Sienna or an Ericsson. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, we don't have to hitch our wagon to a specific horse. So long as the industry continues to grow and there's broad demand, that will be good for us. And, and so. We really just try to position ourselves, honestly, not that different than, than how my father started the business. Uh, Mr. And, and, and Mrs. Customer, what, what's your need? What's your headache? And how can we solve that? How can we address that? Uh, all of Telemon services are all these behind-the-scenes services that we provide that, that no one knows about and consumers never think about, uh, but you need it. And if it's not there, you feel it. And and for us, that's a great place to be, right? And again, it's maybe consistent with this culture of uh, being a, a, a you know a little bit of a secret and and not being flashy and showy, but we don't mind that at all. That's yeah, you serve in the that's, that's a really strategic place to be.
0: So you enter this business. You got this. I'm going to try this, right? It's a, I'm going to be and you're you you get immersed in it in a good way. Yeah. And at some point, time comes to. Continuity, transition, all those words to next generation of leadership. So talk about how that, how those conversations, when they started, how they went about, like, you know, and it's your sister involved too, like, who, did you have people advising you? Was it, was it smooth? I'm, I'm just, I'm yeah. curious.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So we definitely had some a- advice coming in. Uh, the company for a period of time had an ESOP. So okay. we were partially owned uh, by the ESOP. Um, and for a variety of reasons, we, we have since kind of bought out the ESOP, but with the ESOP, we also instituted a board of directors. Right. Uh, so we had a five person board at that point in time. And my father was really leaning on that board as he was thinking about um, his eventual retirement and transition. And so it was great within that board. And when we had outside directors um, to really provide some additional guidance and perspective around the transition um, and an addition, additional lens for myself and for my sister, both of whom were in the business at that point in time in terms of whether we were ready um, for that transition. And as part of that, both my sister and I pursued an MBA. And I remember, so I was at um, I was at business school. Um, I was in the beginning of my second year going through recruiting. And my intention was very much to take some other job outside mm-hmm. of Telemont and get some of this outside experience. I just thought it would be really useful. Sure. And I remember my, my father came out to visit me um, you know, ostensibly just to visit and and see the campus and and say hi, but we had a conversation um, in the the cafeteria, and um, and I remember him saying, "Hey, look, if you're interested in this, now's the time. Now's now the time mm-hmm. to come back um, to start that process um, a, a little more formally." And so um, and so that was just kind of a decision point. But you know, being in business school and going through the recruiting process there, you know, there were really um, Prestigious and impressive companies that I was talking to, but the roles that I was talking about and interviewing for paled in comparison. Sure. Um, even though it might be a more prestigious company, you know the chance to be able to, to just learn and to grow in a role that you're not qualified for it doesn't come around very often. Right. And so when that's there, you know it was it was compelling to try. That's and nice. It. So
0: you're ne- never pressured to go back into it post a business school. But um, or even convinced, just encouraged or the opportunity is there and you take it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And,
0: and absolutely. You get, and, you, you know, you're always learning. So in that, that you know, so you want your an undergrad and you want to study law and then you go get MBA. So you, you, you like learning and education. Yes. So yeah. what, are, what are you, you know, what are you still trying to improve? Like, what, what, do, you, you, what do you use to keep yourself, especially because you're in technology, so it's fast moving, right? Rate yeah. of change. What do you do to keep yourself sharp?
1: You know, I, I think from my seat, um, a lot of it, like I'm sure a number of folks that you talk to, right? It's it's around kind of the leadership, it's around mm-hmm. uh, the 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 perspective, the overarching perspective. And for us, because we are a relatively young family business, right? My sister and I are G2, our are the oldest of our G3 currently is 14 years old. Um, but but we aspire to be a multi-generational family business. Okay. And so you look around and you see some of these other examples. And for me, it's been, you know, governance is so important and, and being able to set up a, a good governance structure early on that can um, identify kind of the right place in the spectrum of family business and business family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- where are we going to sit and and how are we going to operate off of that? So, you know, one of the things I've, I very recently joined a board of directors for a fourth generation family business, um, and, and I was, um, kind of intentionally looking for one of those opportunities in a multi-generational family business so that I could learn so that, because currently, again, we have a fiduciary outside led board um, and, and, and I love them and they help me and they hold me accountable. They're also a pain in the butt sometimes, right? As sure. I, it used to be. And, and so to me, from my learning, it was, Hey, I need to, I need to sit in that seat as well. I need to understand that perspective better. Um, to make me a better CEO and to make me a better kind of family member shareholder uh, in terms of how we can run this thing going forward.
0: Nice. Or you could be crazy like me and do a podcast and go talk to a bunch of people, <laughs> generational <laughs> different ways to get the to get the data, get the the
1: yours seems like a lot more work, honestly. <laughs>
0: uh, it's a it is it's a labor of love and it's not about huge listenership. It's it is starts with. Being interested in the subject matter and yeah. getting to 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 do this, absolutely. How would you just des- you know? How would you describe your leadership style?
1: Yeah, um, honestly, I would call myself a reluctant leader. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> think I, I don't think I'm a natural leader. I'm not a uh, charge to the front, rah rah kind of guy. And I think that was always a little bit of a challenge for me too. Even as I thought about Telemon early on. Because, you know, you have this picture of what leadership is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, so I grew up in, in Indiana, uh, and we just lost, you know, one of the coaching legends in Indiana, Bob I Knight. I was thinking, you said that, I thought Bobby Knight, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. And, and so as a kid, you know, you, you grow up and you see people like Bob Knight, and you say, okay, well, that's leadership. But that's not me. And, and you know, I think as you get older, you realize, well, that is that is a version of leadership, and it can work well in certain situations, but there's lots of versions of leadership. Um, and so certainly trying to figure out kind of my own voice, uh, of, of what that looks like. I think my preference, honestly, would I would be happy as a clam to sit in the passenger seat and be a team player and do whatever the team mm-hmm. asks of me. So long as uh, whoever is driving is is driving well. And, and but when someone isn't driving well, and whatever activity I'm engaged in, uh, I think that's when I feel the itch of like, hey, what we can do better
0: or you find yourself pushing your foot to the floor when you're in that other
1: seat and you it doesn't do anything. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you you recognize that that leadership comes with a whole host of responsibilities and it is in fact lonely and it is a lot of work, mm-hmm. but if you care enough about the organization, it's worth it. Um and so, you know, when 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 I'm in those places where I care and obviously I care deeply about the family business, then then you want to step up and you want to help out.
0: So for that harmony portion of the way you look at things how do you which is a lovely word how do you um you know outside of business and family what what do you do to keep yourself uh, energized grounded not escape you know just but a, but a, but, a, but a change of change of pace change of attitude yeah. attitude that kind of thing?
1: Well, I think the—I mean the—the—the the, the serious answer. I, I so I am—I'm a, um, a Christian. My faith is very important to me, okay. um, and so that's an important part of my life and my family's life, uh, in terms of being able to take a step back, you know, spend time in, in prayer, spend time reading God's word, and and just be grounded, have kind of the right perspective on things. I think that's just particularly helpful when things are not going well. Um, in the business, which you know will happen with some regularity, that that um, you understand there's a bigger picture uh, going, and on. in the
0: world around us, for certain, yeah,
1: that's a, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, on a, on a more casual level, I'm a big kind of fantasy sci-fi geek. So you know, if I need just like a couple hours to tune out, uh, you know, I'll go watch Star Wars or whatever the most recent Marvel series okay. or movie is, and and so that's a great way for my kids and I to all connect. And and my wife is a. Kind of reluctant participant, but uh, but she supports us as well in, in those endeavors.
0: And then, as you you know, could part of uh, a business as you you approach those milestones that you outline time and revenues and numbers of people and touches on the globe. What what is something that you think you've like put in place recently that's helped you either be more efficient, more effective as, as a business, or even for for how you communicate with each other or, or any portion of, of the operations?
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things that we've been trying to do, I, I would not say that that we've done it effectively yet, um, but uh, because I would consider myself still a relatively uh, young uh, leader and, and still mm-hmm. learning, is trying to piece together different parts of different frameworks in a way that, that works for us. You okay. know, so you think about something like, so, you know, we, we've done a lot of Jim Collins recently, uh, just, just heard a talk from Patrick Lencioni. Uh, we've been trying to utilize um, OKRs, Objectives and Key Results, mm-hmm. uh, that John Doerr popularized with his book. right? And so I think from my perspective, it's been trying to take best of breed from, from some of these practices and bring them together in a way that works for us and develop kind of a telemon framework. Uh, in terms of how we're going to operate, that's not a flavor of the month kind of framework. I was yeah. going to
0: ask because you can you can have other people who then work for you and go, okay, what book did he read now, right? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And so you know, and and I think again by by personality, I'm I am far more um, tortoise than hare, uh, and so it is very much about trying to find, okay, what what's going to work and what's going to work here over the next ten years it doesn't have to be the framework for life, but at mm-hmm. least you know for for a good solid run that we can that we can build on. And so we've been trying to bring a lot of those pieces into place and we still have a lot of work to do on that.
0: And as you you mentioned, you know, G3 being teenage year. So there's not that, and you answered it before I get to even ask about, you know, that vision of that coming in. So uh for those who would be more like you were when you were in school and you were doing your MBA in other businesses who are thinking of joining the family business, re-entering it, uh what 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 advice do you have for those people that are around one of these unique animals? Um, you know, from your the perspective you do have now.
1: Yeah, you know, I think. You, well, I'll, I'll say this: one of the things that we try to regularly preach to our our children, and and in in my case, to my my uh, nephew and niece as well, is just this idea that um, nothing is nothing is a given here, and 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 you are entitled to nothing. Um, mm-hmm. So. We, we have to keep that in mind, right? Um, you may be gifted shares, who knows? And and if you are, that's a gift, you may have the opportunity to purchase shares. And, mm-hmm. and if you do, that's that's an incredible opportunity. But don't take that for granted. You might have the opportunity to work in the business. But if you do, you're going to apply like anyone else, and you're going to have to perform better than anyone else, because there will be the assumption that, that you are where you are because of your name. Um, and so I, I'm a big believer in trying to instill some of those ideas in the kids when they're young so that it is just like breathing to them like they understand that if you're coming into a family business, there is a little added pressure, there is a little bit more of a spotlight. And so you better perform, you, you better prove that you belong um, and, and that you can contribute, um, because otherwise you, you start to undermine the ability for this business to be a a, a long standing concern, right? If if people don't have confidence in the leadership and in the ownership, uh, that's um, that's a crack in the foundation, and we got to avoid that at all costs.
0: No, oh, I think I think that's very wise. I, I mean, I every family's different about what they talk about and what they don't, and you know, uh, and when they talk about it and when they don't. And yeah, and I, I think the if I've learned anything, it's the earlier is generally better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can get eye rolls, right? And they're like, oh, there he goes again. But it, 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 you can read the room on that. Yeah. Right, right. right. I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the Telemann Foundation. And yes. as you said, a business that gets into 40 years and has some success. So now it's able to support community or cause or care of things that you care about. So talk a little bit about what you and your family are have done and are doing with the foundation.
1: Yeah, there's, there's always been kind of two key areas that the family's been interested in. And that's been performing arts and education, um, right. and honestly, that that is very much a reflection of my uh, my mother and my father. Right, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, my, my mother was a pianist, and yep. and so the performing arts were always very important. And it, and that's also true, particularly I think of my sister, of her daughter, uh, my oldest daughter. Um, and then you know my father always had a passion around education. I think I've inherited that. Um, you you obviously picked up on that uh, early on, and so um, you know as we particularly think about kind of K through twelve, um, some post secondary as well. Uh, but here in Indiana, you know, my, my parents have lived in Indiana longer than anywhere else. Uh, mm-hmm. I was personally born and raised here. My my sister was born in the state of Washington, but has lived most of her life in Indiana. And so this is home. Um, and Indiana has been a, a wonderful home for us, has provided uh, so much opportunity. And there there is 100 uh, percent a responsibility uh, to yeah. be able to give back. Um, and so we, we see that and we feel that. And, and And so we're trying to do our part on that. That's
0: great. And then. While I ask through the years of doing this podcast, different questions, different conversations. I've had one universal question that I've I've captured with everybody, which is what you would say is the most fulfilling thing for you about this generational business?
1: Mm. You know, I think there is an incredible opportunity in a multi-generational family business to use the business as a tool to... Teach and train your children, mm-hmm. and and so I think that I did not appreciate um, not even as a parent. I mean, uh, later on as a parent, right? I think when when your kids are are really young, maybe you're not thinking about that, but as they get older, and you're trying to think through, okay, to your point, like when do I introduce certain things, and and what do I share with them about the business? Yeah, and suddenly you have this kind of ready-made, very tangible. Um, very meaningful real life example where you can talk about hard work and, and work ethic and what does what does honesty look like and and what are areas where we could fudge it if we wanted to but, but <laughs> we don't want to because here's the implications and you can talk about money which is a tough conversation to yeah. have but you know it's it's all kind of built in um, and and you can start to try and also instill values through through the business um, and so I don't think I had appreciated how much of a useful tool it can be in that regard and and so you know we'll see time time will tell if we can if we can use that tool appropriately
0: now that's nice I, I i think about my wife used to talk about you you would drive when kids are younger and they're in the back seat and they would have these conversations as if you didn't exist and weren't actually in the front <laughs> driving the vehicle so you would hear things from them but then you realize how much of a sponge they are and hear yes. and observe what you say but also what you do and then right. we actually bring it up and direct direct subject talk about the business and all of the of the things that go on. No, that, that's that's really nice. Is there, uh, you know, without I I am not going to pretend that I understand all of the technologies that you all purvey and s- survey and supply. And so I'm not getting into that space. But is there from the business itself, or we trying to do anything I forgot to ask or 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 address that's part of the Telamon story of i guess past present and future
1: no i mean honestly i i think you did a great job i i, I feel like uh i feel like we we've, we've covered everything we need to cover. no
0: i think you have too and and uh you know i'm glad that you said yay to doing this a lot of people don't say no they just don't answer <laughs> uh, i was saying no i'm not interested i don't listen to podcasts i don't know what they are but uh, cuz there's a lot of unique family businesses out there as you know and i think um you know, capturing some of those stories are, are helpful for all involved. So,
1: well, you know, for sure, you know, count me in the group. And I know there's, there's many in this group. Uh, we, we have a passion around family business. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's, um, that that's an important piece. We have an opportunity to learn from each other. I have learned from so many people like at Transitions and, and others who've been very gracious with their time and, and honestly, who also open up and are very candid around some of the mm-hmm. challenges that, that families are walking through. I think that's, uh, again, that, that's an important opportunity bordering on obligation that I think, you know, I think families in this space have to kind of help encourage uh, others. That's great.
0: Well, my best to your business family, family business family on on all this. And, and, uh, and you know, you'll have to let me know how the finished product is received when, when it gets out there.
1: Absolutely. No, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate the invite and and we'll look forward to uh, seeing you at the next conference. Yep. Generation Excellence is a
0: production of SMZ Advertising. Thanks to Joel Bienenfeld, Jeff Martin, and Bridget Georgeski for help with this program. Thank you for listening, and please share, leave reviews, and contact me if you have any thoughts, ideas, questions. Until next time.